In a magical underwater kingdom, there lived a lovely mermaid named Ariel. She would spend her days frolicking in the warm Caribbean sea without a care in the world. Till one day, there was an oil spill and everyone got sick and died. It was really sad. Here is TV Chinwag with Ryan and Jules. Welcome to episode 16 of TV Chinwag. I'm Jules here live in person with Ryan in the wilds of Vancouver. I don't even know if we're still in Vancouver. We might be in some sort of Canadian wilderness. It's so far out from civilization. Thanks, Jules. We call them suburbs. Suburbs. We're in a suburban um, landscape here. I think I saw bears outside. No, those were hobos <laughs> with hobos. fur coats on. <laughs> They're hobos with fur coats in the garbage cans. Right. Uh, so we're we're somewhere in the wilds of of Canada. This is my third and unfortunately last Canadian in person podcast for the moment. We'll see. <laughs> Whether they let me out of the country or yeah. not. Yeah, you might be back tomorrow. On that no-fly list. Yeah. You shouldn't have said those things that you said. <sighs> so when are we posting this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. You give me the yeah, all clear to, when you're in the air. Wait till I'm out of the country. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we had a great time last week, if you haven't listened yet, uh, speaking to the a wonderful Mark Shepard in my hotel room. On a Sunday morning during a supernatural convention, because that's how wonderful my life is. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really awesome for Mark to come and and to chat with us and be so generous with his time. He had so many awesome stories. So far, it's our number one podcast across the board. I don't think that should be of any shock, but um, hopefully people who listen to that will listen to this and find us even a quarter amusing would be more than enough. (laughs) We might actually say something this week. It was... uh, Difficult to find anything to add to Mark's storytelling because he was so wonderful. Well, yeah. I mean, he's telling awesome stories and we certainly didn't want to interrupt with saying, now, who, wh- where was this exactly? <laughs> What's the time frame? So we're going to have a bit of TV news and then this week we're going to be talking about Sherlock, uh, the BBC Sherlock, which uh, swept the floor at the Emmys last week and also talking about new series Outlander. Ryan, what news have you got? You got some updates, uh, a bit of, bit of uh, feedback from the Emmys. You Wait, looked yep. gorgeous on the red carpet, oh, I have to say. Oh, thank you. I was, uh, I was wearing some designer furs. Um, I don't like, know. What? I know. What? I was, a, I was a hobo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, any you probably you didn't see the Emmys. I know that you didn't watch it because we were busy that night doing our own thing. However, did you hear of any of the winners and uh, who won what for what? Um, I think there's a, a lot of disappointment generally that the same old people, basically everyone who won last year won again this year. Um, you know, award shows are what they are, which is um, award shows, uh, not particularly judgment of quality or popularity even. Uh, so I wasn't particularly excited because most of my favourite shows uh, neither got nominated or won. Uh, well, let's just see. I'm going to go through some of these and you okay. tell me if you like them or not. Um, the winner for writing in a comedy series went to Louis C.K. Yay! Uh, I think that's awesome. He's great. He's he's really fun. But and then how does awesome he not show. win for, I mean, performing? And, you know, nothing against Jim Parsons except that he's in The Big Bang Theory, which is a piece of crap. Uh, also one of the most watched shows on television. So yeah, It's number one show on television. Yeah, so obviously I have really bad taste because it's so popular. But really, uh, and certainly doing this podcast, I have to say, Ryan, you've introduced me to a number of comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very cynical that there were any comedies on TV I would like. And I've discovered some wonderful ones, such as Louis C.K., Mark Marin, Broad City, which is definitely probably my favourite, although House of Lies would be up there as mm-hmm. well episodes um i know know in the past on cheetah the league you were really a big fan of not so much okay but that's all right (laughs) it was another show that was a bit different too (laughs) that's true um anything different i'm I'm, i like anything different i don't even have to be up my alley as it were as long mm. as it's something that's unique and taking a fresh approach and using clever writing i'm 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 a fan and i think you know one of the issues is 
the categorizations that they use in the Emmys, both in terms of form, so whether something's a mini-series or a series uh, these days, uh, you know, as we talk about, well, I talk about ad nauseum on this podcast, you know, we're in a time where you have shows with, as we'll talk about with Sherlock, that has three episodes. Yes. Is that a series? Yes, it's a, it's not a mini-series, it's not a one-off, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't get counted as that. Does, is Orange is the New Black a comedy? I don't know. It's, is Louis comedy? Is Louis C.K. a comedy? Just because he's a stand-up comedian doesn't mean the show is a comedy necessarily. And so was if, Fargo a comedy? That well, was a lot got, of really funny yes. stuff. So, you know, how do, how do you put... Fargo was classified as a mini-series being 10 episodes and it won uh, the Emmy for best miniseries yes which I think we we both agreed it's an awesome show really fantastic but a miniseries is it because it ends with those characters and they're not coming back next season yes 10 episodes well I think that was the precedent or what they've done with American Horror Story then again I think True Detective was in the drama category wasn't it right so I don't know it's I think it points up that the the awards category or the structure of these awards is not keeping up with what television is doing. I think people are stacking the deck in their favor. You know, there's no reason why Fargo had to be in miniseries. It could have been elsewhere. Um, let's go through some others, see if you agree, disagree. I'm only going to read the ones that you're actually going to agree with. Writing miniseries movie or dramatic special went to Stephen Moffat for Sherlock His Last Bow on PBS. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Did you like it? I wouldn't have given it the gong for the best writing on TV, no. Well, not the best writing, but for a dramatic special. Yeah, so what does that mean? Exactly. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Kathy Bates in American Horror Story. Didn't watch. Haven't seen. Supporting Actor, Miniseries Movie, Martin Freeman for Sherlock. See, I think Martin Freeman's performance in Fargo is like shits all over what he does in Sherlock. Really? I mean, he's good in Sherlock. I I I think I like him in Sherlock better than Fargo. And maybe because he's pulling off a Fargo accent, and that kind of throws me out. But okay. I, I like I like uh, his his role there a lot better. You get a more interesting character arc in Fargo. Yeah. He doesn't really have an arc in Sherlock. No, and I guess they're not really that disparate of roles either, are they? Maybe it's well, just... in, in, the role he played in Fargo is really the dark side of John Watson, right? So which he is, starts it, off at the same point, which is in itself in turn the dark side of Bilbo Baggins, exactly. <laughs> Uh, They're all actually the same character. Right. Actor for a miniseries movie, um, uh, Eggs Benedict's uh, Cucumber Patch Uh, in Sherlock. I think he's great. Well, I think he's great, but again, you know, who was he up against? I think he is great. Who knows? Actor in miniseries. I don't know. Doesn't say. I'm not reading that much into it. Uh, Oh, writing for Variety Special, Sarah Silverman. Uh, We are Miracles on HBO. That's good. Good for her. I don't know what the. I don't know the show. Um, Supporting actor, drama series, Aaron Paul for Breaking Bad. Oh yes. Um, Directing for a drama series, Carrie Joji Fukuyama for True Detective. Yes. Uh, He was. He did a really good job with True Detective. Really good. And Uh, I have to say, I think. I think we're in an age where there's absolutely, you know, we've talked about the cinema actors, you know, coming to television and what they've bought, but there's some television directors who are, you know, I'd pit against anyone in cinema at the moment. There's some great directors on TV at the moment. Yeah, directors have a much different shake as well. I mean, they really have no real control over story arc characters. It's more of blocking and where you're going to put the camera and your DP does the rest. In film, director runs the show. Yeah. So it's a little bit tricky. Somebody like Kerry Joji Fukunyanga is really involved with the rest of the creation of True Detective. Yes. So he has a lot more say on how it's going to unfold. Um, And he did an awesome job. And that's a really good way of showing... The television industry, hey, if we can get some good detectives in here, or good directors <laughs> in here, we can make some good detective movies. Um, Michelle McLaren is another one who um, did Breaking Bad, yeah. just done Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, and I think, uh, you know, just brings so much to, you know, the uh, it's another layer of the storytelling, right. and I think when these people get get given that space as you said mm-hmm. they can really elevate absolutely um, what they're doing and she's a hungry young director she wants to get out there and take on the big projects and i really i respect a lot 
Um, here's one I'm not crazy about, and a gun for um, Breaking Bad. What was what was it for? Best supporting actress. Best uh, supporting actress in a drama series. Yeah. Um. Do you like Anna Gunn? I thought she was great in the role. I mean, okay. I, I haven't seen her in enough things to. I know you're less enamored. Well, I, I saw her in, in Deadwood, Deadwood as well, and yeah. I didn't like her there. Now, this is me being an a hole because you're not supposed to like those characters. You're not supposed no. to like Walt's wife. She's supposed to be a nagging bitch who's conniving and backstabbing, and those are the traits that she's supposed to be. So maybe she's doing the best job around because I don't like her. Well, it's interesting because I, I mean, um, she the the character Skylar got so much. I don't like the character is what I meant. Sorry, yes, not the actress, yes, yeah. uh, vitriol, and I, you know, my theory is that um, similar to Car- um, Carmela in The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, these characters are the ones that remind us that our, air quotes, hero is a despicable person. Hmm. And I think they make us uncomfortable because of that. So that their characters actually, if you look at it, are often responding in a reasonably rational way to their partner's Mm. horribleness. Mm. And I think that as an... And I'm not saying that they don't have, you know, characteristics themselves that are... not unlikable, which they do, but mm-hmm. I think they really push us as the audience. You know, we we get on, we're on Walter White's side, and it's time. She's the one who reminds us that what if this was a person in your bed? You know, as an audience member, we need to be reminded that you know Walter White is a despicable human being, well, and she's is, the one who knows that about yeah. him. Whereas, say, if you look at Jesse, but she doesn't know that about him. Well, she does as the series goes on. Uh, eventually, but not then she's all, like, well, everything. what happens when somebody comes knocking? And he says, you don't understand, Skylar. I'm, yeah, I'm the one, one who knocks. knocks. <laughs> badass. I just wanted to say that. It's well, exactly. Badass. It's badass. It's also absolutely terrifying. Sure. Um, and I do think that plays into the audience doesn't like to be reminded that our hero is, is so... Yeah, but she was a bitch from the start. She was a bigger bitch from the start. No. No, I'm, pro- I'm more sympathetic hmm. to her than, hmm. than, than that. Than Walter? I certainly wasn't sympathetic to Walter. I was intrigued by and he was drawn... Good, he was the good guy. In by. I was more a Jesse girl myself. Oh, really? <gasps> Ryan just said he didn't like Jesse. Bitch. Bitch. Science, bitch! <laughs> uh, oh, comedy series, Modern Family. You'll be happy to hear about that. Oh. And then drama series is Breaking Bad, which was great. So Modern Family and Big Bang Theory should both go away. Did anybody read that article? Anybody in the room here? Read that (laughs) article about um, Breaking Bad coming back for another season? No. It was a full-blown article, um, interviews with um, Vince Gilligan, Mm -hmm. um, quoting... um, uh, Cranston when he did an interview saying, well, you know, Walt's not dead and (coughs) these things. Great interview, citing all these sources complete fabrication and I I was that close to retweeting and I'm like fuck this is awesome this is going to be great and they're talking about you know that's why they had to put off don't call Saul for another year because they're already filming Breaking Bad coming back and they're using the same offices and lots of the people are on board and it was this great article and uh, it turns out nope completely made up fabricated bogus article you Um, you can't believe things you read on the internet you can't you can't um it's uh, it was really kind of upsetting, actually. Ooh. Yeah, I uh, I got a little bit upset. It got my hopes up, and then uh, and then it went down. Um, yeah, it was a hoax. It was confirmed to be a hoax. The original post. Um, oh, weird. This is. I'm reading an article from the ChristianPost.com, who's telling me about Breaking Bad series six uh, being a hoax. I think it was on. I think it was the Global. No, no what the hell was it called now? We'll tweet it out from t- at TV. Well, I don't. No, I'm not going to tweet it. Well, out. you can tweet it out warning no, people. No, okay. People don't read warnings. The okay. National Report is what the website was called. Oh well, that and it looked like a fully legitimate, a f- legitimate site and everything. And um, I cried a little. I'm not afraid to say it. I cried a little bit. Oh well, it's not coming back. No, nope. both dead. Yeah, we didn't see the bag zip up. I didn't see his wings, so it means he's not dead. Didn't see his wang either. It doesn't mean he's not a man. Okay. <laughs> Moving on then. Weird. <laughs> From Ryan's penis obsession. 
Um, something that is coming back is a live action series of The Tick. Oh. Based on the comic created by Ben Edlund, which had both an animated series and a live action series, and it's coming back as an Amazon pilot. Really? True. Holy shit! Fair is Ben Edlund on board with it? Yes. Obviously, is the right? Is yeah, he the yeah, head writer? Right. Well, they've just said writing and producing. Really? Wow. Uh, ben Edlund, who's moved on, of course, from the Dead Revolution to the TV series that is, uh, to Gotham, but mm-hmm. obviously has time to write some tick. Wow. And it's starring Patrick Warburton, who was oh, in fantastic. the previous series. Oh, man, this is going to be a big hit. Well, it's on Amazon, and so far they've done two seasons of pilots, and none of them have produced series mm. yet, so let's hold our breath for a little while. Yeah. Or not hold our breath. Did you watch all those? The tick series? I haven't seen all of them, no. Yeah. I watched a few of them. I mean, that was a long time ago yeah. now. That was, what, 2001? Yes, yes. It was a real long time ago. But, oh, interesting. That could be really fantastic. Patrick Warburton's always awesome, too. Do you like him? Yes, yeah. I do. So, you are okay with this? <coughs> I'm on board with anything Ben Edlund would like to do in this universe. Having seen his musical stylings only a couple right. of weeks before. And you met him, right? I met him. Did he say anything about doing the tick when you met him? Well, it wasn't him. His body was being possessed by Ghost Tiger, who's oh, from another planet. Yeah, I forgot. He's a weirdo. <laughs> or as Mark says, no, he's the most honest guy you'll ever meet. Some people say that about him. I've never met anyway, him. Anyway, he's actually a very good musician. Very good. Has a band called Ghost Tiger and Friends who... He's not a musician. It's a, He's embodied by a mystical ghost Well, tiger. Ghost Tiger's a musician. Ben right. Edlund isn't. No. Um, but uh, yes, got to see them in LA a couple of weeks ago. And met some fangirls. Of some mine, ghost tiger yes. fangirls? Or uh, yes, there were some ghost tiger fan people. And um, I did get to talk to ghost tiger briefly. Wow. Did he know who you were? Yes, he did. He's yes. like, I know you. You're super wicky. Yes. And you were like, that's right, ghost tiger. I yes. Know. He said Ben had told him about me. That seems like a really awkward conversation. <laughs> well, Speaking of awkward conversations, you want to talk about this new TV series, Outlander? The village has been humming with talk of you since you came to the castle. You're a king, woman. Give me a good touch. You haven't told the truth about who and what you are. Of that, I'm sure. You have secrets, Claire. I'm from the future. It doesn't matter where you come from. You're here. Now. Yes, let's go for it. Or did you have more news? No, no. Good. So Outlander, which premiered on August 9th of 2014 on the Stars Network, is based on a British-American, or sorry, on a, on a, a book series called Outlander, which revolves around a woman going back in time to what, 16th, 17th century Scotland, 18th century Scotland. 18th. Um, for some reason. Because magic and things and romance. Because Ryan, what what did you think of Outlander? Well, thanks for asking me, Jules. I've now seen two episodes. I'm not sure this is for me. I'm not sure that this television program was made for my kind. What sort of kind would that be, Ryan? People who enjoy good television. Um, you know, Ron, Ronald wow. Moore is amazing. It, it, what he did with Battlestar Galactica is out of this world. This is a romance novel on screen and not a particularly good one. I am a big fan of Scotland. I like Scottish history. I've been to Scotland. I've been to these places in this show. Um, but there's nothing in there that's holding me interest. There's not even a lot of boobs for me to look at. There's a couple, but... There's some. Um... No, you've seen two episodes? So I saw one and two. You've seen one and three. Right. Some um, of three. I fell asleep through most of it. Okay. Yeah, look, um, so the story is uh, this woman, Claire Beecham, he's, so it starts in the 1940s, if you're not familiar with the books, um, and she and her husband have been separated for some years during the war. Um, yeah, because there was a war going on, in case you didn't know it. Uh, and they've gone on a holiday to Scotland to sort of reconnect, re-establish their relationship. And uh, he's a bit of a history nut. Um, she was a nurse during the war. He was something vague. Um, he's a doctor, isn't he? No, I don't think he was a doctor. Mm. I think he was oh, vaguely, right. an in- aren't they always vaguely in intelligence sure. or something? Um, Cheers. 
and yes, so they they're in this area of Scotland. They talk a bit about the history, and then one night there happens to be some druids dancing around some standing stones. And when Claire goes there the next day, she gets zapped back into seventeenth, eighteenth century Scotland. Um, probably by saying it's on stars, that might contextualise it a little bit. Why? Because it's got a stars feel about it, I think, in that it's a bit of a ripping adventure yarn. Ripping adventure aren't words I would use to describe it. Yawn? Is, did you say the word yawn? yawn? No, yawn. Yeah, yawn. Yeah, it was a big bit of a yawn. <laughs> um, not, so I haven't read the books. I know they're very, very, very popular. popular. Uh, I know, obviously, it's. I would say the same thing. I don't think this is a show for me. Uh, it looks quite pretty. Mm-hmm. Looks beautiful. It's very, very, shot very well. Um, and, you know, part of the interest is, of course, she gets thrown back in time. She copes very well with this, I have to say. Mm-hmm. She, she's not too disturbed about the fact that she's gone back in time a number of hundred years. And being someone from the 1940s, she hasn't seen a lot of time travel movies. No, so she doesn't have that context for it. Marty McFly hasn't been born yet. No, um, and she's even pre-Doctor Who, so... Yeah, exactly. So uh, She does cope very well. She's a very competent woman. And she's thrown back. She gets uh, attacked by um, some English soldiers who are not nice types um, and ends up with this band of um, Scottish folk Mm -hmm. uh, who are, of course, at odds with uh, the invading English. Uh, So obviously there's sort of both political and and, uh, drama to go on there. Uh, You get it. There's what looks to be a, a romance being set up in the past, uh, in the past as in, in in the Scottish times, as well as various other intrigues amongst the Scottish peoples. And I assume there will be time travelling back and forward at some point, possibly. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, f- I feel a bit harsh judging it on having seen two episodes, despite saying it's not my sort of show. Yeah. I think it could... Uh, once got to know some of the characters, it felt a bit. I know it's, yeah, the characters felt a bit broad. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a, a bit cliche. She's a bit too competent. The yeah. the hunky Scottish guy in a kilt is a bit too hunky and nice. Now, isn't doesn't it happen that her husband in nineteen forties is the same dude as in the eighteen hundreds, yeah. the seventeen hundreds? Like the same actor yes, playing yes, his ancient yes, relative, yes. which makes it awfully convenient for her to fuck both of them yeah. and not feel guilty about, right? Yeah, I haven't got up to that part, but well, I'm, I'm sure. only assuming that will happen. <coughs> yes, I assume it will. Um, but I think, look, if 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 you've read the novels, is obviously you'll be giving it a go. Oh, if you read the novels, you're probably screaming at us right now. What a bunch of idiots we oh, are! Oh, you might. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. I have one good friend who's who's read them all and loved them. Uh, as with any adaptation, they may hate it. I've no idea how truthful right. it is to the books. And we don't really know what's going to happen. What's coming? What's... No, we've barely, I, I read ahead a little bit on uh, from the novel descriptions on Wikipedia, so I know there's certainly more uh, intrigue. You know, there's a lot of intrigue set up and there are other people from the future who may end up in the past. Um, look, it's a good... Uh, I'm trying to think of things if you liked Da Vinci's Demons. Maybe. There's, uh, it's a, it's a, not as light as that and it's more serialised. It's not as... It's not episodic. There's a, a program out called the... Is it called The White Queen? It was yes. a British program. Yes. There was an archaeologist who finds a, a ring or a and necklace go, and goes back into yeah. time. Similar to that. Yes. Um, I mean, that I only saw as well a couple episodes of. And I think where this one might get into trouble, the White Queen was certainly a bit like things like Da Vinci's Demons were lighter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think this is trying to be a bit heavier, maybe. Um, so whether it finds that right balance and, you know, again, thinking of the other historical dramas, the CW's Rain, which against expectations has ended up doing surprisingly well um but it's it's very light and and frothy and um is not trying to be you know any great um 
you know, deep look at history. I don't know that this is either. Um, I certainly had some interest at looking at what life was like for Mm -hmm. Scottish people back in that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've no idea how accurate it is or not, but I I believe everything I see on television. I think it's actually quite accurate. If I remember correctly, they did a lot of research into making sure everything was period, that, you know, even the tartan and the kilts were of the time and the period. Um, The dress... uh, you know, it's sort of is I believe it's through the Jacobite Revolution, isn't it? Uh... It's George the Second, I think, is on the throne. Yeah, and that's about the extent of um, I was away the day we did English history at school. So just the one day. Just the one day. Um, Bear McCreary does the music, which, which is always great. Yes, he, he did Walking Battle, Dead, I think, and for a while. Wa- Walking and, Dead and Battlestar Galactica, and, of uh, course. Human Target, I believe. Yeah, and, he's he's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, look, I, give it a go if you like hot men in kilts. Um, if you like Scotland, if you like a bit of history, a bit of sword fighting, there's some lashing. Mm-hmm. There was a few boobs. There's a few boobs. There's some actually. There's a, a good sex scene in. I like the sex mm-hmm. scene in the kitchen. In the in the mm-hmm. in the. It's pretty hot. That's pretty hot. Um, give it a go, but I'd set your expectations to, to romance. Well, it certainly seems like a, uh, a romance novel. But I'm sensing a pejorative uh, tone in your voice there, Ryan. A pejorative tone? Yes. In what regard? That you're saying if it's romance, it's not going to be good. Well, history tells me. <laughs> I can't, I'm just trying to think of a romance style novel. Let's just that say I don't, I, it's not a genre for either of us. But it, it's a shame because I would love to see an ancient Scottish show. Um,. I don't know. Maybe I'll try. I'll maybe I'll try a few more episodes. Well, and it might depend on where that romance is contextualized mm-hmm. in the overall storytelling. Right. Um, you know, and part of me wants to trust Ron Moore mm-hmm. because he's awesome. Yeah, it's certainly no Spartacus. It's no Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus was a romance. It was. It had many romances in it. And it had romance at its heart, didn't it? And romance. And romance. And dude, and horse penis. Two dudes, dude mans. We must do a, a retrospective on Spartacus one That'd day be awesome. because we're both passionate about mm-hmm. Spartacus. Um, so Outlander. Um, there you go. They're doing it right. I mean, it looks beautiful, like what you're saying. But do you think it'll attract the Downton Abbey crowd? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's exactly who they're going for. Okay. They're going for. Uh, PBS style audience. Although I think uh, be, again, because it's on stars, it won't get as many of the Downton Abbey crowd as it might have if it was on BBC America or something. What, what? I don't know what Downton Abbey pulls as far as viewers go. Um, I'm not sure on numbers. I think it's quite successful, and it also gets the critics in. I think there's some sort of faux respectability about watching a soap opera in period England, yeah. so that if it was. Yeah. Not in period England, you'd be dismissing it as another or dynasty was, or Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like mystery. Uh, what was that called? Um, um, I was going to say mystery science Mas- theater, but masterpiece, masterpiece theater. theater. Yeah. Um, so I think if this was on, an, and you know, again, often it is the context. I think being on stars, it will change people's expectations in some ways, possibly for the better, because I think it, it fits with the style of some of what they do. Do you think their their, their whole idea is to get this audience, uh, maybe a female audience, um, older female audience uh, watching stars? Uh, their, their other big show this year was Power, which is Ooh. very opposite of what we're watching now. Um, I, I have no idea what the... the People mm-hmm. at Stars are thinking, uh, except they've certainly gone for a, a property that already has a, an audience base from right. the books. So the books are hugely popular. I think there's eight of them and uh, there's an, a built-in audience base. It's something that will appeal both in the UK and in America, um, I think. Uh, particularly because the English are the baddies, if you like. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we are, are on the eve of uh, Scotland looking at um, getting independence from England. So, I'm sure it's probably timely over on those aisles. And um, yeah, I don't know if anyone in Australia would watch it, but um, probably the fans of the books will. 
Yeah, probably. Or just uh, fans of swords and skirts, I guess. Yeah, and Scotland. and Scotland. We all like a bit of Scotland. Oh, for sure. And it looks beautiful. It's filmed in Scotland. Um, they're currently still filming it, actually, right now. And um, it has been renewed for a second season. Well, didn't they split their season one into two? Yeah. So. Eight each or something? Mm. Yeah. So there you go. If you're interested in romance, you should definitely check out Outlander. If you're interested in time travel, I would say give it a miss. Yeah, watch Doctor Who. Or, have you ever seen a movie called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel? No. It's pretty funny. These three guys go into a pub and then go into the washroom and come out and the world's been destroyed. Oh, that happened to me a couple weeks ago. No, you destroyed the washroom. Oh, okay. Also, talking this week, we are talking about (coughs) the giant behemoth BBC program, Sherlock. Who are you? What do you do? What do you think? I say private detective. When the police are out of their depth, they consult me. Got anything? This is his hunting ground, right here in the heart of the city. What do you think of it? Because you're an idiot. This is my friend, John Watson. Friend? Colleague. Tell you, you get your kicks in and you risk your life to prove you're clever. Shut up. I'm saying you were thinking. It's annoying. You like the funny cases, don't you? The surprising ones. Obviously. The game, Mrs. Hudson, is on. Time to play. Oh, I am. I'm Sherlock Holmes, and the address is 221B Baker Street. Sherlock, Sunday at 9 on BBC One. It's a behemoth with tiny, tiny little seasons. Really tiny. Three episodes. Three episodes. It's three, episodes, three seasons of three episodes. It's tiny. But amazing episodes. Agreed? Yes. Are you a lover of the Sherlock, BBC oh. Sherlock? Why don't you start by telling us what BBC... BBC In case you've been living in the proverbial cave. Under the rock, BBC (laughs) Sherlock is a reboot of the Sherlock franchise. Uh, Obviously the 1800s Sherlock that was written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is given a new spin and a modern spin. That sounds terrible, but the way that they've done it, in my opinion, it's been really fantastic. So it stars... um, Benedict Cucumber Patch as Sherlock, uh, who is a quirky, worky Londoner. Who's uh, he, he, we're going to go back to the stereotype of being borderline autistic or borderline. Yes. Um, he is, he has um, social issues. Some serious social anxiety issues. Um, who teams up and meets um, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins, who's a small, hairy-footed Hobbit man. <laughs> <laughs> played by Martin Freeman, um, who plays Dr. John Watson, coming out of the military, a little bit shell-shocked through Afghanistan, and he meets up with this bizarre character of Sherlock, who is a consultant for the London Police Department and consults on murders and investigations and is an absolute savant at uh, clues and detectivisms and uh, and these things. You're going to see all the characters from the books. Moriarty is there. Um <coughs> Uh, Sherlock's brother, Mycroft, who, who's also from the books, yes? Yes, yes, yes. who's played by Mark Gatness, who's, uh, should say the series is written by Mark Gatness, who mm-hmm. plays uh, Mycroft, and also Stephen Moffat, he most well known um, for Doctor Who, taking over from Doctor Who after Russell T Davies moved on. Um, shot in London, set in London on uh, 22, was it 21, 22B Baker Street? Mm-hmm. Um, with the landlord. I mean, all the all the hallmarks of the book are in the series. And the episodes the- are based on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's books. Certainly the first two are. I think the third season, none of them are directly really? taken from... Or the fourth, oh, the, the third, third season, season was we, the recent one. Which you've just, right. just seen. I think in the first two seasons, probably, you know, 75% were based on famous stories from, from the books. Um, whereas, uh, although, you know, based on being at quite a distance, but they use the same characters and right. some of the same storylines, whereas this season, I think, was entirely original. Gotcha. Although, again, continuing to use the characters. Um, Look, I think they brought it into the modern day uh, in a fantastic way. I think one of the... um one of the things they've used really well is on-screen text, mm. both for the way Sherlock looks at things. So 
um, you know, one of Sherlock Holmes's uh, attributes is his ability to connect the dots, if you like, to look at, uh, to identify, you know, the minutiae in a scene and link those things together to tell the story. And the way they do this uh, on screen is by having on-screen graphics and texts that show you all the things that he's putting together. And I think they do that in a really, really clever way mm-hmm. that enhances his storytelling. Yes. Uh, it enhances the storytelling. They also, <clears throat> and um, it's probably the first time I've seen this used, you see it used a little bit in film, um, have on-screen uh, text for texts and mobile phone It was messages. the first show I remember seeing that on. And it would sort of, they you, somebody pulls their phone out of their pocket and then, bloop, little text, is a 3D text above their phone yes. that they're looking at. And they Brilliant use, way to tell a story. Really, really clever. And, and they, they use it because often you'll only see one side of the message or something. Uh, so it, it enhances the mystery. And I really, I, you know, I can almost do with a bit more use of, mm-hmm. of that. I think uh, anything that plays, with, you know, with a lot of form on TV has been very static. Uh, I remember getting very excited when 24 first premiered. Uh, and there was also also an English series called Crime and Punishment where they used uh, split screen or multiple mm. images on screen to show you what was happening in a story at different locations right. at different times. Now, 24 dropped that after the first couple of seasons, but it, it, it was that sort of experimentation about how to use that instead of, you know, what we normally see. And I think this integration of text and graphics on screen is, is exciting yeah. um, and opens up a lot of potential. Um, what do you think of the stories, the week-to-week stories on Sherlock? I think they're genius. I think they're the highest caliber story you can tell. I, I really think that this is the pinnacle of television. I mean, yes, Game of Thrones is huge and, and delightful and wonderful, or Breaking Bad is dark and, and, and disturbing, but to me, Sherlock is everything that television should be. It's, it's, it's intriguing, it has amazing actors, characters that are real-life, fleshable characters, uh, but still a little bit fantastical mm. in the fact that they're bigger than life and they can accomplish whatever they want. Um, uh, they're flawed, deeply flawed, and often those flaws are actually used as part of the storytelling or as part of the solution to the storytelling. Um, it's shot very uniquely. It's got this real British look in the filming where they use like a tilt-shift lens a lot of time. What does that a, mean? A, a tilt-shift lens is at a high angle, and the top and the bottom of the lens are blurred. Oh, okay. So it gives the illusion that you're looking at miniatures. Oh, okay. So you can yeah. you film the city, and the, it looks like it's miniatures that yes. are sped up, but it's really just this lens. Um, using that is, is very unique. Um, some, of the, some of the reveals and the mysteries are just mind-boggling. Um, which I love. I mean, I, I love a good, I love a good mystery, and I love uh, Sherlock. I'm not. I, I've never been a Sherlock fan, and a lot of it is because it's staunchy old England. It's um, masterpiece theater type things. It's nothing that's interesting, and I, I guess that's shame on me for feeling that way. But my favorite Sherlock's were always the. Um, the next Star Trek next, next generation when elementary dear Data and Data would go into the hologram yes, machine and yes. be, be Sherlock, that kind of stuff I loved. Um, the Sherlock movies that came out with Robert Downey, I had no real interest in, and any of the olden time Sherlock stuff, I, I didn't really care about. So you know maybe I'm just fanboying over Arthur Conan Doyle's properties here, but uh, well, to I me th- I, I think this is great. This is really good. The you know well you have to fan over what he wrote because it's been you know in over a century since he wrote it right. realized in so many different forms inspired a number of stories i mean uh, did he write sorry were his stories did they take place in his time period yes yes so he wasn't writing about victorian england 1850s in the 1900s or no 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 it was it was set ah, in, in, in in his time so then if he was alive now he would tell stories similar exactly in regards yeah, to that and he would be using um, I mean, in some of some way, he was a, a preempting a lot of the sort of forensic CSI type stuff we take for granted right. these days. Because Sherlock's, uh, besides his in, in, innate, you know, his intuition and that, he did things like because cat- I I read all the books as a teenager mm. and was really into them uh you know he uh, catalogued different sorts of cigar ash and you know so he actually it wasn't only 
you know, I have a feeling in my waters about this. It was that he did very fine forensic sort of research and he could identify where you lived in London by the type of clay on your boot and that. So right. some of that ties into, yeah. you know, what we've become obsessed with on television in the last 20 years with the forensic uh, sure. pathology. Uh, and, of course, he was, you know, famously really the character of House, uh, Hugh Laurie played uh, for however many seasons that were, that was Sherlock Holmes. Mm. That was the same sort of, you know, character who's the the arrogant one who uh, is abrasive but, you know, usually right, who solves the mysteries where no one else can see beyond the obvious. And Mm. that character was, you know, quite obviously based on Holmes and Mm. interesting that they cast Hugh Laurie, of course, an Englishman, Mm. in Mm. that in that role look i i really really enjoy these shows um couple of problems i have which are not with um it's a bit like we were just talking about skylar before on on breaking bad i have a little problem with how much of an asshole sherlock is Mm. because he does often use the people around him Mm -hmm. there are times and i think the um Oh, and I'm forgetting to forget the name of the episode. There's a f- in the second season in the research laboratory where you know he basically he uses John Watson mm-hmm. in a way that could be you know very harmful yes. to him. And same with Mrs. Hudson. He often uses the people around him for his ends, That's assuming brilliant. that. That's brilliant. <laughs> what a piece of shit character he is. Well, yes. I mean, what a flawed human oh, being. Oh, I know. But that, it, it's, it, it's brilliant. I, I, it disturbs But you, it hurts me. your heart. It hurts my heart yeah. because... He doesn't make up for does, it in the well, end. Well, he doesn't. There are rarely consequences. Mm-hmm. So, and he's lauded for his detecting ability and his genius. Mm-hmm. And not having friends. And, well, not having friends, except these people stick around. And, and that's sometimes where I have a bit of difficulty of... Not many people stick around. No, but you've got you John Watson. That's about it. <laughs> but there are well, and and even then, he's questioning, shaking his head, saying, "Why am I here?" Yeah, but he sticks around. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's that's a personal thing because mm-hmm. I, I suppose it's you know me having known those sort of charismatic <laughs> right. narcissists mm-hmm. who you can be drawn to, but they're bad news, right. and so I find that. Um, and it's one reason I didn't like House was another, you right. know, people who can act like assholes and get away with it, I have a difficulty with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that's the main thing. The other thing that came about was when the American series Elementary came on. So that started, I think, after the <coughs> second season of Sherlock. We should say, aside from having only three episodes in yeah. a season, the seasons take place 18 months to two years apart. Right. Uh, so. so you have a whole lot happening in between. Uh, and it's a long time. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're a fan of Sherlock, you're more of a masochist than most fans. Right. You're waiting a damn long time for, for three episodes. And not knowing, you know, each each season has been like, well, we don't know if we'll do another one. They have committed. I think there's going to be an episode out around Christmas time this year, and there will be another season next year or the year after. I mean, it bodes for how good this is, considering the two stars do three episodes a year, and in between work on the biggest movies in yeah, the world. Yeah, yes. Uh, the star in the biggest movies yeah. in the world. And that the guys writing it are also, you know, Stephen Moffat's got Doctor Who to run, so no, no right. one's short of a biscuit here. Right. Um, but, yeah, so after the second season, there was mention that CBS had uh, developed this property called Elementary, mm. uh, which... You know, my first reaction was, oh, they're going to have Sherlock set in the modern day, except it's going to be in New York. It's oh, going to be a woman. You know, how, how, um, how original that is. You right. know, another case of the Americans ripping something off. Yeah. But what happened was <clears throat> it turned out to be entirely original, unrelated to Sherlock, and addressed some of the issues I had with feeling very uncomfortable with hmm. Sherlock as a character. And who plays Sherlock in the... Uh, it's one. Johnny Lee Miller... Um, and uh, Lucy Liu plays a gender-switched Dr. Watson, mm. and I love it. Mm. Uh, now, it's a very different... It's a 22-season. Mm-hmm. Ep- it's more episodic. It's, you know, it's a totally different property. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of unfair to compare them because they're not trying to do the same thing, and in my world, they can happily sit alongside each other. Mm. It's just that I like 
elementary Sherlock a lot better. Hmm. You like the character? He's he's uh, the same Sherlock, but he also realizes that being an asshole is ultimately actually not a good thing in life. Do you like Benedict Cumberbatch? Define like. Have you ever seen him act and you thought, I like that? I think he's a good actor. But you're not smitten with him? No. Hmm. No. I don't know that I've actually seen him in a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> he's in Star Trek. Played Khan. Yes, which I didn't like. Not because of his performance, but because of... He played Smaug the Dragon in yeah. Desolation of Smaug. What else have you seen him in? I really want to see um, that film he's in about Turing. No. Yeah, Alan Turing. Is that right, Turing? Yes, yeah. Alan Turing. So he's in that and he's also in the movie about Julian Assange. Assange. Which was boring. It wasn't I haven't seen that. Mm. Uh, so look, I, I, I think he's a he's he's a very good actor. I think he's wonderful as Sherlock. I yeah. mean I think it's a particular role to sort of play. Funnily enough, he's not physically dissimilar to say a Hugh Laurie type. Mm. Um, and I think his, uh, you know, he he and Martin Freeman together are fantastic. Yeah, you know, that's they're, they're very they're, good together. They're, they're very, the, very the heart good. of yes. that. Yes, and uh, they do make me believe that these two people right. would be. You know, in the third season, um, Watson's wife. Yes, that's Martin's wife in real life. Yes, and Did do you know, you know that the people who played Sherlock's parents that's were his, his Benedict's parents? parents? Isn't that cool? Very meta. Yeah. Um, th- that shows me that they're having fun uh, on yes. the show. Oh, they're yes. having fun making that show. Well, and you've got, as I said, Mark Gatniss, one of the, the creators and writers, playing Mycroft. Right. Um, who, who, Sherlock's brother, who's also in the um, some sort of MI6 sort of mm-hmm. British Secret Service. Something. Something. Um, look, if you haven't watched Sherlock, do watch it. Um, I don't know anyone who's watched who doesn't like it on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't got a lot to catch up on, so oh. nine episodes will see you through three seasons. Right. And um, it's a good romp. Yeah, I agree. It's I think it's one of the best shows on TV. Mm. So, yeah, And certainly... Um, recommend it enough. The supporting cast is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, they have wonderful other actors, and um, you can either watch a single episode, or there, you know, there's a thin thread of an overall arc running through them. Um, but you don't need to have. Well, the third season, I think, has a bigger arc, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Or the um, second. Yeah. And interestingly, I thought they softened Sherlock a lot more in the third season, where we have Watson actually gets married, and and he's. I think Sherlock is presented in a more sympathetic light as well. He's less of an ass. Right. I felt. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he he's starting to learn what it is to be a friend. Well, yes, and I think he's starting to see his uh, isolation, perhaps contrasted um, with with um, John Watson's right. uh, connections. Um, I still wouldn't want to be his friend, though. Hmm. I would. Okay. But I'm the I'm like that. You're the John Watson. I'm the John Watson to <coughs> your Sherlock. <laughs> okay. We well, should do our own spin-off. Um, <laughs> what do you think of this? Uh, somebody who auditioned for the part of um, Watson, Matt Smith. Oh, I didn't know. He, uh, I of knew Doctor he, Who fame. Yes, I knew he had been mentioned in relationship to the the property because of course he then did go on to play doctor who he was rejected as being too a barmy what does barmy mean crazy is it yep i've never heard that before required someone straighter yes Mm. um producer is sue virtue do you know her yeah she's she's done a lot of she's very high up producer in the bbc Yeah. Yeah, yeah very good um and yeah so there will be more sherlock to come there's a huge fandom for it. Mm-hmm. Go to Tumblr if you want to see all the associated fandom things that go with any property. Uh, do they have conventions or get-togethers? There's I think one they coming do. up, or has just been one coming up in the UK, a, a inverted commas official one that I think they're trying to get. Of course, it's very difficult to get people like Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. to a. Um, um, to a convention, but there's certainly um, there's a huge fandom around the world. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and I know why, because it's that good, Jules. It is that good. Well, we're almost at the end. What are we talking about on the next to the show? 
I don't know if we decided, did we? No, we didn't. No. We're hoping to do another one before I leave the country, if I can leave the country. Yeah. Because Ryan and I have busy lives for the next few weeks. So Mm -hmm. um, tune in and we will have something else for you to listen to soon. And it might be a recap of shows. It might be what's coming up in the near future that you need to keep your eyes open for It might be a pitch for our new TV script. It might be, yeah. It might be the Canadian Aussie co-production of Sherlock, called Super Sherlock, (laughs) where we're also superheroes to solve crimes. Or Hunters. Because there is, of course, Super Hulock. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. That's a whole conversation. Which itself. Mark Shepard mentioned last That's week. That's true. Because mm-hmm. there's Super, Super Hulock is a mashup of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. Sounds like the world's worst television episode crossover ever. Or the best. Hmm. But you don't have uh, Sleepy Hollow in there. Sleepy Super Sherlock? Hulock? Possibly. No, that'd be okay. I'll, I'll, I'll green light that. All right, fans, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us ramble on about our television shows. They are our passion and our life. And if you would like to share those with your family and friends, please share this podcast. Retweet it, reblog it, send it out there. Review us on iTunes. Give us a thumbs up and a five-star review. And then let us know at TV Chinwag that you did that so that we can go and read it. Make sure you let us know what country you're from so we can find it on iTunes. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, keep your monocles in place and your pipes smoking. No. That was, was, I was trying to for sure. Lot. He doesn't do that in this show. Keep your nicotine patches firmly fixed. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you've liked the podcast, please tell a friend. We love getting reviews on iTunes and email at fans at tvchinwag.com. We're on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules and myself, Alan, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.